Hey guys, welcome back. I'm your host, Sherry, and I wanted to talk to you guys today about a chilling case that took place back in 2018. 26-year-old TV production assistant Terrence Woods was shooting on location in Idaho for a Discovery Channel series. Suddenly, he takes off running into the woods. The rest of the film crew went out looking for him and spotted him running faster than they've ever seen someone run before. He hasn't been seen since. This is the case of Terrence Woods. Terrence Woods Jr. was born in 1991 in Capitol Heights, Maryland, where he grew up with his parents and his three siblings. He went to the University of Maryland for college. After he graduated, he moved to England and attended the American International University in London. Fast forward to 2018. Terrence is 26 years old now, and he gets hired as an independent contractor for Raw TV, which was filming a show called Gold Rush, which would premiere on the Discovery Channel. Gold Rush is a popular reality TV show that follows gold miners around. It's definitely a show that has aired in my house before. By this time, Terrence is a seasoned production assistant, even though he's only 26 years old. He's traveled to different areas, and he's very good at his job. He posts pictures to his Instagram of different areas he's traveling to. Now, he's not married, and he has no kids, so he's got a pretty open life and able to travel for work and do whatever he wants. One of the bigger shows he was a part of was The Voice. You never see him, though, because he's one of those behind-the-scenes guys but he's got a vital role. Thanks to people like Terrence, we can enjoy our TV programs with good lighting and sound and things run smooth and the show appears professional. So Terrence gets this gig working with Raw TV, who is based out of London. He is told he would be working in Idaho. They were going to film a new season of Gold Rush, and he would be at an abandoned gold mine with the rest of the crew, which consists of 12 people. He got there in the beginning of October and would work until filming was over, which would be mid-November, so about six weeks. He had texted some friends in the couple of weeks leading up to the trip and said he wasn't really crazy about going to Idaho. It may be because he's used to working in places like The Voice and he lives in London. He's gone to a lot of really cool places like Morocco and other vacation type spots. His next assignment would be in Idaho where it's real cold and he'd be in the wilderness. He was going to have to stay there for six weeks and he's just not feeling it. He would have also had to spend the next few days of the trip in Montana, which is rural as well. This isn't a real desirable place to film compared to other places he's worked at. I deeply apologize to any listeners in Idaho. I know there's some really beautiful spots in that state, but just not to Terrence. I'm going to go through the timeline of the next few days. This is where things start to get weird, and I'll present it to you as neatly as possible so you can keep track of what is happening. Terrence's father, whose name is Terrence Sr., dropped him off at the airport on September 30th. He flies to Montana for the filming of the first portion of the show. He's texting his dad and saying everything is going fine and sending him pictures of the scenic landscapes and wildlife. On October 4th, Terrence texts his dad, and he said he made it to Idaho for the first portion of filming, and he's at a hotel. Everything is fine, and he seemed to be in good spirits. The next day, October 5th at 1 o'clock in the morning, 
Terrence texts his dad a short video, and the video is of a river cutting through a canyon. There wasn't any real audio. There was also no locator or words connected to the video. Two hours later, Terrence calls his dad and said again, I made it to Idaho. His dad's like, okay, cool. I'm glad you're there. Can we talk later on in the day? It's like four o'clock in the morning. Three hours later, it's about 7 a.m., Terrence texts his father, and he says he's going to be coming home on October 10th, which is five days away. He doesn't explain why, though. This seemed really strange to Terrence's family. This would cut several weeks off his trip, and he's never done that before. But they weren't going to pry. Remember, he's 26 years old and a smart dude who's successful and independent. He's not some 18-year-old who's just starting out. It's also important to mention that Terrence has no record of having any kind of mental illness or substance abuse. I know people can have mental illness and hide it from their family, but in Terrence's case, there's no real indication of it. Terrence and his dad, Terrence Sr., were very close, and I think he would know if something was bothering Terrence, and I don't think Terrence would hide anything from his dad. That same day, October 5th, 2018, hours after Terrence sent that message to his dad, Terrence is filming with the rest of the crew on location in Idaho. They were in this remote location in the area of Penman Mine. It was pretty cold, but at night the temperatures can get below freezing. But he would be going back to his hotel room at night, so he only needed daytime type things on him. Terrence has a book bag with him. Now, Terrence isn't some survivalist. He may be better than some because he's used to filming outdoors. He'd been on several different rugged wilderness shoots prior to this, including Turkey and Alaska. So he has experience in the wilderness, but he's not some professional survivalist like Bear Grylls. This forest where they were shooting next to provides habitat for timber wolves, raccoons, moose, black bears, coyotes, cougars, elk, and other forest animals. In his book bag, he had the following items, two camera bags, batteries, a Sharpie pen, Tylenol, cough drops, hand cream, an iPhone charger, a folding tactical knife, and a stun gun. Around 3 o'clock p.m. that day, Terrence Sr. texts his son. He doesn't get a response, but he knows it's the afternoon and Terrence was busy working, so it's not a big deal. He also knows the cell phone service in this remote location is super spotty, so his message may not have even delivered. Either way, Terrence Sr. wasn't concerned. He was just checking in with him. Later that evening, around 5 p.m., no one could believe what would happen next. It's unexplainable and incredibly chilling. Terrence works with a 12-person crew. The production manager's name is Simon, and Simon is Terrence's boss. Simon said the crew was packing up from filming for the day, and Terrence tells one of the other crew members he's going to go walk over to the trees and use the bathroom. They said he then drops his two-way radio and he starts running. Well, he runs over to this cliff and jumps off. The cliff is only about 15 feet tall, so it's not going to be a deadly fall. Some folks from the crew see what happened and run to the edge of the cliff and look over and they spot Terrence below on the ground and they describe him as running faster than they've ever seen someone run before. Terrence was five foot nine and 140 pounds, so he's a slim guy, and he is sprinting like a super fast animal. 
A few of the other crew members went looking for him but couldn't find him anywhere. Simon instructs someone from the crew to get in the truck and go to the main road where they could see if he comes out. Simon is running through the woods looking for Terrence and finally decides to stop because he felt that if Terrence thought he was being chased, he would get scared and then he definitely wouldn't come out. Someone from the crew finds the closest house they can find to the main road, and they call the police and report him missing at 5.30 p.m. Remember, there's no cell phone service there, so they had to find a house with a landline. According to the 911 transcript log, it noted 26-year-old Terrence Woods was from London and was working at a remote filming location with a TV company in the area of Penman Mine. It also stated that Terrence had been having a really hard time emotionally and had a breakdown earlier that day. The next morning, Simon has to make the call that he's been dreading. He calls Terrence's father and said, your son is missing. He tells him exactly what happened. And then he tells his dad the strangest thing. He said, Terrence came to work for me and he was highly recommended as this amazing production assistant. But when I met him, he didn't live up to my expectations. Your son didn't do what I asked him to do and there were other things that I didn't like. This guy just sounds like a total prick. Hi, your son's missing and he's not a good worker is basically the context of the call. Completely the wrong place and the wrong time to tell someone that you don't like their son. For the next six days, a massive search takes place. If you're a regular listener of my show, think back to the Brandon Lawson and Matrice Richardson case. Remember how there was very little search efforts from law enforcement? Well, this was the complete opposite. There's air and ground searches. They even used helicopters with heat sensing technology. There was teams on ATVs and on horseback. Law enforcement and volunteers are combing the wilderness looking for signs of Terrence, but there was none. I really got to give it to all the searchers for their efforts. His photo is all over the news and they did a really good job with this one. A few days into the searches, the weather changes and heavy rain and snow made searching extremely difficult in this terrain that's already hard to walk through to begin with. To add to the already difficult search, a, a local woman named Connie Johnson, who was 76 years old, went missing in the area the same day. However, authorities maintain that these two incidents are completely unrelated and took place several miles apart. It was just a coincidence. Time is making things seem more grim. Remember the temperatures get below freezing at night? He doesn't have his two-way radio or his book bag full of supplies. All he really has is his pants, his shoes, and his sweatshirt that he's wearing. His book bag was later given to his dad, which had to be an emotional moment for him. This was the last thing that he had from his son. The police go to Terrence's hotel room to make sure it was still locked and that he didn't come back and get his stuff, but his room had already been gone through by members of the film crew. They state they were in his room because they were getting articles of clothing to give to the other police officers for the scent tracking dogs. The media is saying that law enforcement never asked for Terrence's cell phone records or analyzed his laptop. The reason they didn't do either one of these things is because both would require getting a subpoena from a judge. To get the subpoena, they would have to produce evidence from a crime or prove that his life is in danger. And there's not a lot of evidence that Terrence didn't go missing on his own. It's all very technical when it comes to this kind of stuff. I need to do a separate show one of these days 
titled If You Go Missing, I would discuss things you may not know, such as your cell phone company won't give your loved ones your last location or your cell phone activity. Keep that in mind. I think a parent of a missing minor would have right to that kind of info, but that's about it. And just to jump off track for one minute, I remember a case where this man, who is a 24-year-old adult, he goes missing. Well, his mother called Verizon and begged them to give his last cell phone ping and cell phone activity before his phone went dead so they would know the area that he was last in. But the phone company stated because he was an adult, they couldn't provide that info. They had it. They were looking at it. They know his last location, but they couldn't tell her what it was because that would be illegal. The worst part was he was on his mother's cell phone plan, but because he was an adult, they couldn't tell her. Like she's paying the bill and everything and they still wouldn't tell her. I can see why this kind of info can't be released sometimes, like a dangerous ex-boyfriend finding the whereabouts of a former lover while pretending to be someone else. But in this lady's case, her son was missing and she needed that location info. Her son's body wasn't found until two years later and he had died from suicide. She is fighting for a clause to be included in cell phone contracts that state, if a loved one feels my life is in danger or if I am missing, give whatever data you can from my cell phone activity that would provide info about my whereabouts. It's definitely something that would help a lot of cases. All you'd really have to do is check a box and it would save your loved ones from having to get subpoenas from a judge and all that technical bullshit that goes along with it. You've got 11 people who saw Terrence run off on his own. So getting a subpoena from a judge to analyze his cell phone and laptop would be really difficult. As I told you in the Richie Edwards case, it's not illegal to disappear and not tell anyone your plans. Even though we don't like it, every person has that right. So the sheriff gives an update on Terrence's case to the media. He states that his men found no evidence of Terrence in the woods. They had done all these searches and nothing came up. They are convinced that he made it to the main road because the dogs tracked his scent all the way out to the main road and then his scent stops. And who knows where he would be then once he's out on the main road. He could have gotten picked up or anything. They said if he injured himself in the woods, they would have found him. If he had done something fatal to himself, the dogs would have found him. They also said they were shocked that Terrence would be able to get out of the woods because it was such rough terrain. These trained police officers were having trouble navigating their way through the woods. They said the forest has a lot of trees that are toppled over and you'd have to climb over each one, which would be difficult for anyone to do. And remember, Terrence is a smaller guy, so like it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense how he managed to make his way out of the woods. But according to the police, the dogs didn't find his set once they meet once they reached the main road. Raw TV releases a statement that said. We confirm Terrence Woods, a member of one of our production teams, went missing on Friday, October 5th. The Idaho County Sheriff's Office was immediately informed and implemented a large-scale search and rescue. Terrence is a well-liked, valued member of our production team, and we have been working closely with the Sheriff's Office, which has been leading the search. To me, this is a whole different tone than the I-don't-like-your-son phone call that Simon had with Terrence's dad, although I don't believe at the time of the phone call that Simon really knew the extent extent of how this was going to turn out. I think he thought Terrence took off and was he was going to be found the next day. He had only been missing for less than a day when he called Terrence Sr. I, I still think the guy is a complete asshole with zero compassion. 
I'm going to get into what I know you all are thinking right now. I feel like I'm reading your minds and you're just waiting on me to say it. Did Simon or someone in the crew do something to Terrence and that's the reason he's not found? His family and friends think the production team are a huge part of this. They think he was in an uncomfortable position and he was trying to get away. Terrence's mother thinks he was afraid of someone and noted he was the only black person on the crew. His dad talked about this a little bit on a radio interview he was given. I also think back to that morning when Terrence texted his dad and said he would be coming home in a few days. Why did he want to stop working and leave weeks earlier? Of course, the production team adamantly deny anyone did anything to him. My issue with this theory is that there were 11 other people on the crew. What are the odds that all of them are going to keep their mouths shut? You figure at least one out of 11 people on the crew who were there would be screaming, this person killed him or something along those lines if they would have seen something bad happen to him. These people were not all good friends. They were a team of co-workers and independent contractors like Terrence. Some had just met each other that day. They didn't know each other well. There was also a older woman who was from the area and she was on the set and this woman is described as being a very credible person her story lined up exactly with what the production team said happened she saw terrence just run off into the woods she has no connection to these folks she's just their guide through the wilderness and assisting the team during their stay she has no reason to lie for these guys Also, due to the high-profile nature of this show, like everyone in town knew the Discovery Channel was filming there and they were all really excited about it, it would be hard to pull a murder off when there's 11 other people standing there with high-resolution professional cameras and audio recorders. Remember, these cameras are for what is going to be displayed on the Discovery Channel. Also, someone always talks. 11 strangers keeping the same secret is very unlikely. Terrence's older sister said the way the film crew described Terrence's behavior was not like him. She said her brother is very bright and kind, and to describe him as being mentally unstable is not correct. She also said he was not the type of person who would just run off. So let's go over some of these theories. The police give their theory about what they think happened to him, and their theory is very simple, and it's that Terrence had a panic attack or a mental breakdown. Maybe Terrence was used to being in large cities, and it's possible he had a panic attack brought on by being in such a rural area. I think when Terrence started running, it was so unexpected that the bystanders had a hard time processing what is happening. The police think he intended to get lost. The next theory is suicide. Remember the sheriff stated that if he would have killed himself, the dogs would have found his body. This is the dog's job. They trained for years to be able to sniff out this kind of stuff. They are better at finding remains than any human would be. Terrence did have a journal that was found in his things, and it talked about the Great Reset. He said he was tired of traveling and wanted to head back home and settle down. But this was written while he was in London. The police said the journal was mainly just him ranting about life in London, and they gave the journal back to his parents. I also don't think the suicide theory checks out because, remember, Terrence didn't have any objects on him that would make this suicide happen. Think about the ways 
that people commit suicide. Each method requires some kind of object to make it happen, such as a rope, a gun, a knife. Terrence didn't have anything except the clothes he was wearing. I also don't see him choosing to do it when there's 11 people there in broad daylight. Why not wait till he's back at his hotel room at night where he couldn't be stopped? The drug or hallucinogen theory, there's no evidence to support this. Terrence wasn't a drug or substance abuser, and the only thing found in his bag was Tylenol, so this theory was dismissed pretty quickly. The theories I'll explain to you next are out there, but I know of other cases where this turned out to be exactly what happened, and they are very real things. But again, these are out there and take an open mind to believe in Terrence's case. The first one is called the call of the void. It's a type of impulse that your body will feel almost like a reaction. Some people get the urge out of nowhere to jerk their steering wheel or to go off a bridge or drive into incoming traffic. In Terrence's case, it could be the impulse to suddenly run off. Another theory that some people think is that they hear cries of a loved one from a distance and they take off to go find them. For example, they think they hear their deceased mom or dad yell out for them and they instantly bolt to wherever that sound is coming from. I mean, if I thought for one second that I heard a deceased loved one call out for me, I'd be running faster than anyone has ever seen as well. The return to nature theory, it's been mentioned that maybe he had a sudden realization that he came from nature and felt the need to return his body back to it. The last theory is called panic in the woods, and it doesn't really have to do with the woods. They just call it the panic in the woods. It's when someone feels an overwhelming sense of imminent danger, and it makes them flee whatever area they're in. This reminds me of the Lars Matank case. Lars was an 18-year-old man who was traveling back in 2014. He is seen walking through an airport, and he's on surveillance, and he's carrying his bags. He's getting ready to board a plane. Then the camera shows him sprinting out of the airport super fast. There are cameras all over this airport. Well, one of the cameras catches him running across the pavement and he jumps a chain link fence and runs into a field of sunflowers. It's been six years and he's never been seen again. Something spooked him for sure. Like Terrence, people say he was acting strange in the days leading up to him taking off. I really don't know what to say about Terrence's case or how to wrap this up. I believe his parents when they say they think something or someone scared him. Parental intuition is a very real thing. No one knows your child better than you do. But I don't know why there wouldn't be any clues to where he ended up. If I was a more spiritual person, I would believe that he just disappeared into thin air because there's literally no clues, not even a body or anything. You guys know me, and you know I usually complain that the police aren't treating these kinds of cases with urgency, but in this case, I feel they did the correct procedures, and the search was handled well. I just hope they are keeping his case alive and not letting him be forgotten about. I know his family is doing everything they can to solve this and bring Terrence home. I can't imagine not knowing and waking up every day not knowing the truth about what happened or if my child was alive or dead. In October, it will be two years that he's been missing. If alive today, Terrence would be 28 years old. His case is still a active missing persons case. I hope his family is able to get some closure about what happened to him. That's it for today, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care, and much love to you all.